Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Theater in College Hoops. I'm Suvi. Alongside me is Taylor Dammel. We're brought to you by Dash Radio and the Barn Burner Podcast Network. Go subscribe on whichever device you use. I actually heard Niels Giffey, the German international, former UConn champion, subscribe. So you should as well. Check out the website at thebarnburner.com. That's the-barnburner.com. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at CBB Theater. You should also follow me at Subi232 to find out where the feet is and Taylor at Taylor Dammel. We're sponsored by Blue Note, artfully crafted small batch bourbon distilled in Memphis and honoring the Memphis blues. Be noteworthy, Memphis. You've been around now with the concerts, huh? These past couple of weeks. I'm on quite the concert series right now. Let's call it. Went to uh, what's a good way to describe this man? Went to uh, the most stereotypical white artist in probably the United States. Uh, our boy John Mayer on Tuesday night. Is John Mayer? If I tell you, like name the pinnacle of of white musician is there anybody that's at the summit above john mayer jimmy buffett might be there okay well like currently you're not current not jimmy buffett's always current in a way but i mean right. like currently releasing albums and stuff still yeah i don't know it's got he's got i mean be, Chappelle, Chappelle literally did a whole sketch on him being white as hell yeah, and that which was back I'm, in 2004. Which is all good, you know. I mean, know your know your audience, I guess. You know, he's a perfect example. So, uh, my girlfriend Danielle, her bu- brother, and his girlfriend is who I went with 
uh, same person, same group that we went to Casey Musgraves with. And, um, you know, they're much bigger, uh, much bigger John Mayer fans than I am. But you just realize that, like, every restaurant or store or whatever that you've ever been in, you've probably been in there. And even during your grocery shopping, like three John Mayer songs probably came on in the background. So he's a perfect example of if you're not a huge fan, you didn't realize how many songs that you notice. I, I went to uh, so I went to this concert at the Suns Arena, Talking Stick Resort Arena. Been there for many Suns games and whatnot over the over the last decade or so. But the last concert I went to at the same arena was uh, a Lil Wayne T Pain, the T Wayne tour back in uh, 2009, I want to say. So, uh, can you compare let, and contrast those crowds? Let's just say they were the same in the exact opposite way. The, the lack of the lack of diversity was the same but opposite. Let's put it that way. So, You're a thespian. Wow. Thank you. Thank same you. in the in the exact opposite <laughs> way. Is that what yes. you said? I can get I can get deep sometimes. Yeah, that's so, pretty good. Like like a John Mayer ballad, if I may. So, what you've been doing, Sue? You got a little trip coming up. Tell me a little about that. Yeah. So Niels Gafai was absolutely done on purpose. I'm heading to Munich on Sunday for Oktoberfest going with my fiance and her family and all of their significant others. So very excited because look, I'm Indian. I I love the homeland, but the last two times I've been out of the country, I'm not counting Mexico. Last two times I've been out of the country has been to India and it's great, but it's just so overstimulating and overwhelming. And so I'm very excited to not have to travel 20 plus hours via plane and Only like 12, right? Yeah, not even. Dude, it's like eight and a half. This is no. great. It's like almost going to Hawaii. It's the same thing. So I'm very excited to travel to Europe. Um, excited to drink beer. I actually got my Lederhosen yesterday, which I was a bit apprehensive about at first. But I think I'd pull it off, number one. But number two, it's it's really comfortable. And it just made me laugh the entire time. You ever just get an outfit and you're like, this is hysterical. Like I, I I'm absolutely wearing it ironically, but I could have slept in that thing last night. Sometimes I'll go put my college, uh, Halloween costume. And I say college Halloween costume, not costumes. It's just one. Sometimes I just go put Gumby on and look in the mirror and say like, you know, I look good in this. Yeah. And I, and it's comfortable, you know, it's surprisingly, maybe both the later Hosen and Gumby, surprisingly high in comfort when you wouldn't when you wouldn't suspect that i i did see picture proof of this outfit that you have and i must say you do look top notch phenomenal well it's got it's i i didn't know this about leader and it's got like a, a little pissing pouch so mm. it's impossible like there's so many buttons and hooks and uh, just a bunch of shit that you have to to put on um but it's got like this little pissing pouch it's like little like a mm. pouch that a kangaroo has for their little jelly yes. But instead, I can just like flip it, flip it out, and easily just say it's for it's for your little Joey too. I it's guess. like I mean, I get it. I kind of get it now, though, when girls complain about like at at uh, waste management open. I get it now when girls complain about wearing jumpers or uh, rompers. Rompers, yeah. thank you. Uh, yeah. That it's like I can't pee, but we're drinking all day. I guess the later housing is in a way it is a male romper. So yeah, yeah, it pretty much is. Uh, You're getting appreciation for other culture while also getting a reappreciation for our own. What a what an eye-opening trip this has already become, and you haven't even left your living room yet. Exactly. 
exactly. <laughs> so looking forward to that on Sunday. But I was thinking about, you know, who are some of the German college basketball players? And I could have gone with Mo Wagner. I think his younger mm. brother's on Michigan as well. But mm-hmm. I said to myself, I don't think either of them are as accomplished as my boy Niels Gafai. You're now, probably right. I mean, yeah, I don't know of any other German international that's won a national title in recent memory, at least. I could be wrong, actually. Right, right. But Niels Gafai was a starter on that UConn team, man, which is like UConn always has those rosters where you're just saying to yourself, when you look back three, four years, how in the hell did they win a national title? And the same is true for their 2014 team, but the 2011 team. I, I was a little apprehensive about bringing up Niels Gafai because he was also on that team that took down Arizona in the Elite Eight the very first time. Yeah. He was on that yeah. Kemba team. But that's I'll, okay. That's okay. I I'll mean, keep we, my eyes peeled for Niels. Yes. He is uh, currently playing. He's in Germany, right? Yeah. He's currently playing in Berlin. So. Not going to Berlin. Nowhere near Berlin. Can you hold that? Berlin. Uh, Euro trip? We're hot today, baby. We're hot. Yes. Berlin. Berlin. Nowhere near Berlin. <laughs> oh, yeah. Berlin. All right. Let's go. Great film. I actually might, I might watch Euro Trip to, to prep. You kind of have to. That's an accurate depiction, right? Uh, of all of yeah, Europe. Obviously. Obviously. I think I, think I just made a, um, a Euro Trip uh, reference when you and I were talking about the. Uh, the U.S. Open tennis last week, although I may have only made the reference in my head. I may have not actually put that into word, but I was talking about like American tennis players playing these frail little Eastern Europeans. And in my head, how I was picturing where these Eastern European tennis players growing up were in the literal scenes of Eurotrip. <laughs> I, you definitely didn't. You didn't put it. In Maybe I, didn't, I probably didn't I relay that. Reference. No, I know. I probably didn't relay that. I, I, maybe not even at all, but that's where my head was currently at that time. So. Good. Continue to fire on all cylinders. <laughs> this is theater and college hoops. So this is where, again, we mash theater with, with hoops. So yeah. somehow, <laughs> some way, we were able to connect Neil's fucking Gafai to Eurotrip, which is a criminally yeah. underrated film. It's true. 53 days until college hoop season starts, T. Wow. We're, we're out of the dog days. So luckily, summer's over. Football's back. We've been able to catch now a couple weeks of college football. First weekend of, of NFL action was back. Your Packers 1-0, Patriots 1-0. So we're, we're feeling good, but we're out of the dog days, man. No more trying to string together Monday through Sunday television programs at night. Right? I mean, Bachelor can only take us so far. Correct. But we're back now. 53 days until college hoops more specifically. And, and it feels great. You know, um, I'm not going to, you know, you've lived out here in Arizona up until your recent move for about a decade with a couple months in between that you weren't here, but you know, there's always that one day in September and this happens everywhere in the, in the country, but here's just a little more extreme because we're talking about it finally creeping under a hundred degrees. The ninth, there was a high of 97 the other day and the low was 73. The low of 73 sounds pretty high for most people, but when I went to take the trash out at 11 p.m., I, I got outside and I said, oh, it's football weather now, baby. Like, it's, it's time. You know, it's time. A little chill in the air. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, that, it wasn't like uh, there was any other, you know, went back to 105 the other day. But that, that moment itself right there, I said, oh, like, 
sports, it's time. You know, there's only 20 days until like the NHL season starts. We're within like a real close proximity to us not having to watch reruns of Queer Eye for the Straight Guy with our girlfriends for six hours a night, every single night. And Look, I, 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 love a good, I, lo- I love a good program on Bravo. Southern Charm actually really got me through the summer. Of course, but of course. It is, it is now time. Like, we put in all of our hours during the summer to have now basically Monday. What is it now? It's like Monday, Thursday, Friday. There's a decent college football slate uh, on Friday. And then obviously yeah. Saturday, Sunday. So, oh, just, yeah, just beautiful. Just 53 beautiful. days until college hoops. Of course, I got to give you guys our uh, – our, our update from Rothstein, first of all, he's the one that tweeted that. He's my countdown. He's the one that knows how many actual mm-hmm. days are mm-hmm. left. But he's also been introducing or playing with a new term, so or a new saying, I should say. So a couple of months ago, he started saying well-embedded moles as opposed to just saying sources because he's right. just insane. But right. it was hysterical, of course, well-embedded moles. Now he's playing with, I think it was like, highly placed spies mm. i mean it's all just synonyms for each other and right. and none of this information really has any effect or impact but it's just so funny going from such a serious tone like well-embedded moles to then breaking news that shamanad forward is not <laughs> ineligible to transfer <laughs> highly placed spies on this in the east or the the Pacific Rim or along the Pacific Rim, yeah, right. It just sounds so nefarious. <laughs> right. Hey, right. but you know what? It gets us. It gets the people talking because I'm not going to make fun of him for being creative when you got people like Chris Broussard just making up sources for the last like 20 years. It's like sources. I want. I love. I want the creativity. I like it. You know? Was it you? Was it you who was telling me something about Josina Anderson and how she opens up? Oh. Every or Joe, no, I, they don't even call her Josina anymore. This is JoJo on ESPN, NFL Live, yeah, whatever. Every single thing she's ever said on ESPN is, is, I was on the phone with blank player, or I was texting this player about this last night, or earlier, or while during commercial break, or whatever. It's like she doesn't understand that that's how every reporter gets their information. It's not like it's not like Adam Schefter is walking down the street and like. Raiders GM Mike Mayock is running after him, being like, Adam, like, you'll never understand. I mean, you'll never believe what Antonio Brown is doing. It's like, no, that's, yeah. Everybody's texting you. Or calling you, texting all of Yeah, right. Like, nobody's blowing. Email. Just yeah, nobody's, facts. nobody's like blowing a conch shell, you know, <laughs> because something happened, you know, along the Pacific coast. But they're, they're literally just texting you, Josina. JoJo. Well, the, the thing with our girl JoJo is that there's already one person in that industry, in that specific sport, that can get away with being a dickhead, and that's Adam Schefter in terms of like, oh, shit, I got a call or I got a text. Like, he's done that multiple times on air. Right. And at first, where the audience is kind of saying, okay, Schefter, we get it, dude. Right. Stop flexing nuts. But then you start to realize every single source goes straight to Schefter. Right. right. So it's it's almost to the point where, OK, yeah, I, I understand why Schefter's doing this on on air. Right. But you're right. Every other every other reporter. It's uh, like she's, it's like she's trying to prove that she has connections, you know, like, yeah. you know, 
like when I go to like when I go to Starbucks in the morning and Michael Phelps is there, like I'm trying to prove to someone that like I go to a cool Starbucks, you know, I'm like, oh, well, you know, I was drinking coffee with Michael Phelps the other day and, and, and he said that my Americano looks better than his, you know, it's like, all right, like that's cool for maybe like a normal person, but your literal job is to connect with these people. If you're not texting with these players, then you're not even on TV because you're literally just a regular person. So, I, I mean, I get it. I'm sure at one point she was just trying to prove like that she can be hang out there with all the big girls and big boys of the ESPN world. But, like, you're on every single TV now. Like, just relax. We get it. We know who you're talking to. Yeah. Small rant. Small rant. Excuse me. That's good. Get it out of the system now because we should be just be happy. There's, yeah. <laughs> this, this is a great time of the year. It's the best time of the year. So, with football coming back, Taylor, let's get into our starting five. This week's starting five is going to be college basketball players that we think would – make great football players and you can break it down by position however you want to do it the only caveat is that they couldn't or they can't actually be f- football players and basketball players right, right. julius so, peppers or like i mean i'm sure you've never this is a really really obscure and random one but jimmy graham also jimmy graham he, he played <laughs> he played college basketball also i didn't i, I didn't know that first time yeah. first time for everything i guess you know so jimmy graham yeah uh who, who did you just mention uh, Julius Peppers. Julius Peppers. Antonio uh, Gates. Antonio Gates. More recently, Rico Gathers. Yep. All mm-hmm. of them ineligible because no shit, they were actually right. college basketball players. So that's our starting five. It's going to be college basketball players that we think could make good college football players. Uh, Taylor, why don't you kick us off? Who's your starting so, five? I tried to go with not only – I tried to go with players that were – um, mostly known for their college success, not, but uh, you know, it's trying kind of hard to try and do only players that were good in college and none of them made it to the NBA. So I tried to do players that were more known for their college stats, even though they did end up making it to the NBA. That being said on my list, only two of the five guys made it to the NBA and they're, they're, one of them's pretty good in the NBA. The other was okay. The other guys never so know, really make it to the NBA. Let so. me ask you this. If you go down your list right now, what positions did you do? Did you assign them positions or no? Yes. Yeah, so I'm all okay. offense. What position? I went, I went all straight offense. offense right? What are the positions? Before uh, you actually say the names, I'm just curious. Yeah. Quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, and tackle or offensive okay. lineman. So I just okay. kind of built, I built the offense with a, kind of like a starter in each of the five positions, which wasn't necessarily what I was going to, it's not how I set out to do it. I just, that's how, when I started with my first two or three, I was like, I might as well just follow in line and uh, just come up with the whole offensive side of the ball. Um, and, so. And then I, what conferences are ooh. those schools in? Um, Big East, Big East. ACC, Pac-12, Mountain West. That's funny. So the reason I asked that is because none of those conferences are good at football. ACC obviously has Clemson, but none of those conferences right. outside of that. Like even ACC, they're not good at football. I right. have So I have uh, running back, quarterback, wide receiver, O-line, just like you, and then I went middle linebacker for the defensive okay. side. And then uh, I went Big East. Another Big East. They're currently in. Uh, they're currently in the ACC. But when he played, they were in the Big East. Okay. Oh, oh wait. Well, well, well okay. Because that's I'm, my. That's my Big East. 
Okay. <laughs> and then I actually don't know where this or what conference. I think Conference USA could be wrong. It's Big East again. And then American Athletic Conference. Okay. So there's clearly a toughness that we think that the Big East possesses in college basketball that should parlay into a solid football career. So I guess let me crack this beer real quick and let me, should I just start off with my first guy, which I hope it's not the same, or maybe I do hope it's the same as your first guy. Kick us this off. Was, when you and I were originally talking about this, this was literally the first guy that came to my mind. And that is Dewan Blair. Wow. It's not, but that's a good DeJuan- but here, let me. There's there's a little depth to this because I can spend about as much on this particular reasoning as any of the other guys. So, Dewan Blair is like the prototypical left tackle size. He's like six eight. I think he played at around two seventy or two eighty. We just need to put a little more weight on him to get to the, in the pros. That's no big deal. So, Dewan Blair famously has no ACLs though. Okay, ACLs are important for f- sports. Well, for just anything, but sports that put a lot of twisting and cutting on your knees. Now, unless, and I did some research into this, unless that you, the rest of the muscles in your leg had time to make up for the lack of ACLs. Like his ACLs didn't just get torn. They were a gradual deterioration. So his quads, other ligaments, everything about his legs are stronger than the average person's. And I said, okay, well, maybe that's not enough. You know, we got to figure out, could Dewan Blair play football could he guard the von millers and whatever of the world without an acl so obviously you know all these offensive linemen wear these major knee braces that's huge but i stumbled on some facts that i was unaware of let me tell you something and i'm going to ask you a question here subi can you tell me what joe namath john elway mickey mantle thurman thomas heinz ward and dewan blair all have in common oh my god I actually want to guess this. Hold on. Well, no, it's, 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 it's the obvious thing we're talking about here. It's not in depth. What, that they were all dual players? They they all, none of them have ACL. None, none of them had, no. were missing at least an ACL during the entirety of their athletic career. Heinz Ward didn't have an ACL? Heinz Ward didn't have an ACL in his left knee. So when I saw that not only football players, or not only like basketball players and baseball players and whatever, but football players were able to, uh, to uh, work without ACLs. I said, all right, Dewan Blair is my starting left tackle. Perfect size. He was known for how to use his body in college and, you know, box people out. He, wasn't athlete- he was not athletically gifted in a vertical manner. He's athletically gifted side to side using his body. So that's why I said Dewan Blair is my anchor of my offensive line. Is ACL the new kidney? Like, do we even need... No, seriously, I was, I was we just, just donate really, ACLs now. You know, I I I put my uh, Holiday Inn Express uh, WebMD hat on here for a little while, and I was just reading about how much ACL chain differences in the years over now. If you need an ACL or not, and yeah, I guess fuck it. You know, yeah. you can be a hall, you can be a Hall of Famer at any sport, I guess, without ACLs. So I think on licenses, on licenses, drivers' licenses, they just need to be like, do you want to be a kidney donor? <laughs> do you want to be an ACL donor? Like it's the same yeah. thing at this right. point, right? Yeah, so uh, Dewan Blair, that's my guy, all American. Um, also, I think... also nugget about Dewan Blair, it's not true, but he wore headbands on his arm. That's true, and, and that's that's, 
that's the exact type of guy I need to anchor my offensive lineup. So there you like go. Do you want to learn? You want me to roll through all five? Roll through. Back and forth? Okay. Roll through. So next we're going to go out to, to the West Coast, to the Mountain West. And if I'm going to have my quarterback, who we'll get to, if I'm going to have my quarterback, I want to have an absolute freak on the outside so that, uh, you know, DeJuan Blair is creating some time. So I want to throw deep balls to Jamal Franklin from SDSU. Wow. 6'5", 200, just real prototypical, like, freak wide receiver size. And just reminds me of a Randy Moss, skinny, you know, athletic freak just running go routes down the outside. And, I, I mean, Jamal Franklin actually has a small place in my heart because – he played at West Wind Prep, prep school in Phoenix, Arizona. And they came down to play Pima Community College in a game. And I knew, followed college basketball recruiting really closely. Pima was walking distance from my apartment in college. And so I walked over there uh, and watched him absolutely demolish the little five foot nine kids at Pima Community College with some of the most insane, ridiculous in-person dunks I've ever seen in my life. One where he literally took one step inside half court, overhand tossed it up against the backboard, took maybe three more steps, and just gammed it on everybody. And in my mind, I didn't realize that what I was looking at at that time was the future wide receiver for my uh, theater and college hoops fantasy basketball slash football podcast. So I thought you were going to go with Dwayne Poley when you said Mountain West and San Diego Ooh, State. You know, it's funny because I literally was looking at their roster, and I loved Dwayne Poley, and, but he was just one touch too skinny because Dwayne Poley – was it Poley or Poley? Poley. Poley. I think I, I, think I mispronounced it, but emphasis on the Lee. So but he had hops. So Poley – so please believe that I uh, considered I like him. But I'll give you a golf he, Thank that. you. Thank you. But he made me look thick. So that was my difference between, between those two guys. So Jamal Franklin. So if I'm going to need a wide receiver on the outside, and we reference Jimmy Graham and Antonio Gates, I want a guy that's athletic that I can throw the ball up to when we get into more red zone situations. You know, a tight end that is athletic enough to block but also can get down the field, um, you know, and pretty much outleap everybody. So I went and I looked to – where, which school could I find that has a great tradition of producing top-notch tight ends? And I found myself at the University of Arizona. And so I figured to myself, Aaron Gordon is probably an unbelievable tight end in the NFL. Six foot eight, 235 pounds. He's literally the exact, his, his, his body type is the exact same as Jimmy Graham. So I was like, well, that's, and they're both like the most, the two light skinned dudes in imaginable. So I, I said, you know, that's my most successful NBA player, but I still think Aaron Gordon is probably more well known for his time in college basketball. I would guess. Would you agree with that? Yeah, slightly. But I would also put you on the spot here real quick outside of Gronk, who, who else is Arizona produced? I don't know. Well, when you produce the, when you produce the goat, what's the matter? You know, okay. I mean, I just like, wanted yeah. to confirm that we're yeah. on the same page. There. Yeah. Uh, tie me to Togi. Uh, no, I, hey, no, actually, Brandon Manamaliuna, Arizona alum, okay? Hawaiian, but also light-skinned, if those two things can go together as well. So I figure Aaron Gordon, athletic freak, and he's literally the exact same body type, build, everything, yeah. uh, same as Jimmy Graham. So uh, that's what I went with that. The second player that I thought about when you asked me to do this list was this guy right here. He's from the ACC. He's five foot eleven, 
210 pounds. He's the perfect running back build. He's yoked. He's thick. He's Ty Lawson. Ty oh, Lawson good. is my running back. Shifty. I mean, ha- it, that's his, I mean, the only. He was like I the mean, quickest guy in the ACC when he was right, a point guard there. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, he's literally the perfect running back. He, he can catch the ball at the backfield, I assume. For some reason, his body reminds me exactly of former Buffalo Bill Travis Henry. I don't know why. <laughs> but you didn't expect a Travis Henry reference on this show, but you no, Niels Gafai, Travis Henry. <laughs> this is this has just gone completely off the rails. I mean, Tra- Travis Henry, man, that's a that's a deep cut, especially with what he did off the field. Nine kids, and dude never did not have a blunt in his hand. And mm-hmm. I don't like how does Travis? I don't understand how any of these guys get caught like doing drugs. Travis Henry would show up to like the stadium with like a dime bag in the NFL that's just thought Buffalo. There's no real rules up there. So Ty Lawson. Ty Lawson. Okay. Speed, shifty, size. And then if I'm going to get all these guys together, I'm going to need a quarterback. I'm going to need him to have a decent size, but I don't need him to be like a Mike Lennon, you know, seven feet tall. I need him to be, more than anything else, I need a leader of men. I need someone who's been there, who's made the big plays, who's hit the tough shots, and who's got that Big East toughness. So my quarterback of my uh, theater and college hoops, fantasy college basketball slash football starting five, is Scotty Reynolds. Wow. Wow. I will say we are very, very similar <laughs> okay. at the quarterback position. Okay. Scotty Reynolds, I mean, I just think he's got – he's 6'2", 200. That's like your kind of prototypical quarterback size. You know, could be maybe a little taller, but that's – you know, he's right in that range. But guy's just a leader, really. He's, if he's in the huddle, he's not throwing up like Donovan McNabb. He's not, you know, he's not running around all willy-nilly, uh, wasting time. Like 99% of the quarterbacks you see out there in college football. Scotty Reynolds is a guy who's going to lead us to the promised land. So that's my. He's got the clutch gene, too. Yeah. That that full court scamper against Pitt in the NCAA tournament, I think it was 2008, 2009. 2009, yeah. Was probably the the best moment of his, what, 15 year career at Villanova. So he's he's definitely part of the Van Wilder house. Seasoned. Seasoned. So I need someone – need... go ahead. No, I was going to say go, go through your list again. So I got Dewan Blair starting at left tackle because you can't tear an ACL if you don't have one. And having a left tackle that's there every game is key. Jamal Franklin is my freak wide receiver. Aaron Gordon is my freak tight end. Ty Lawson is my quick, nimble, but just built like a brick house running back. And Scotty Reynolds is bringing this all together at my quarterback position. I think, I think you got a mean running game right there. You, your offense should be based off of Ty Lawson because you got Jimmy Graham, or excuse me, Aaron Gordon, and uh, Dewan Blair blocking for you downfield. Yes, I like that all, and you can use them out of the backfield too, right? Some quick flare screens. Well, and tell me that you can't. You have to. You have to uh, keep an eye out on the play action because you know that Jamal Franklin's going to take the top, take the top off the defense, and you can just throw it up to him. So. You know, I feel like your list is probably going to be a little more obscure college basketball player than mine, which I think will be is a better list just without even having heard it. But 
those are some just kind of some of the guys that came right away. Ty Lawson and Dewan Blair were the, literally the first two people I thought about, even though they're yeah. in the NBA. Even though they're first, they were in the NBA. Uh, you know, which whatever. Dewan Blair's not in the NBA anymore. Is Ty Lawson in the NBA? I don't think so. No, I don't think Maybe, so. Maybe oh, I think last I saw him was on the Wizards. Yeah. Okay. So, so Aaron Gordon is my only current NBA player. So I was like, well, you know, I still think all of these guys were more, way more well known for their time college, college basketball basketball Definitely. players. Yeah. Oh, Ty Lawson especially because Ty right. Lawson was unreal at Carolina, and then he had a couple good seasons in Denver, and he just fell off. So I do have one honorable mention. And yeah. this is literally to just talk shit about one specific player who we've talked shit about before in, in college basketball. And so I have the what I'll name as the Sal Alosi, Mike Tomlin honorary tripping coach award. And Grayson Allen could be a great, That's uh, good. Uh, could be a great physical trainer or huh. head coach of the Steelers. That is clever. I love. And that. I, I'm going to give a shout out to our boy Cody Hoxie for the suggestion on that one. And he's just a yeah, he's just a menace, dude. I would liken, I would liken Grayson Allen to like a Bill Romanowski down in a pile. Like obviously we know the tripping thing, but down in a pile, he's he's definitely spitting on JJ Stokes' face. He's he's poking eyeballs out, but he's except, he's good. Like Bill Romanowski was really good. Except obviously, I think Bill, Ro- Bill Roman I think Bill Romanowski is like a crazy Insane. person though, yeah. and I think Grayson what? Allen is just a whiny person. In Chris, Grayson's a little crazy. Grayson's but I think he's a I think he's like a whine he's like a whiny crazy not like I'm gonna run you Kill over you. the parking lot yeah. crazy like Bill Romanowski so yeah some slight, so yeah but that's good I, I like that saying. starting five so, so that's what I'm going with I hope that is an acceptable starting five do they do they make a New Year's Six Bowl yeah I I think so <laughs> I think so you know obviously. You know, this team, if we we obviously recruited really heavily on the offensive side of the ball here. Mm-hmm. So teams like, uh, you know, Alabama might give us a hard time because I feel like their defense might be a little stronger than I. So mine. So let's say that we might be Clemson from six years ago. Or how about this? You could be Oklahoma, be in the Big 12. Sure. Yeah. Texas oh, if Tech, I'm in the, you can be Texas Tech. If I'm in the Big 12, I'm, I'm going, I'm winning the conference. Yeah. There no problem. Go. No problem. Perfect. So. Good starting five there. I'll jump into mine. So we'll start first and foremost at the most important position on the field. And this is where I said I was very, very close to what you had. And so the most important position on the field, obviously, for football is quarterback. Likewise, in basketball, it's point guard. Mm-hmm. And I'm staying in the Big East. And I'm staying at Villanova. But I'm going with Ryan Archie Diakono. Wow. Okay. The Archman. Okay. That's fine. Yeah. That's fine. So when you said Big East, I thought actually you were going to go with Jerry McNamara at Syracuse <laughs> because McNamara was on my list. It was between mm. him and Archie Diacono. And so I said to wow. myself, I got to go Arch because they both, I mean, they both won similar amount of championships. Right. But Archie Diacono never had a future Hall of Famer and probably the best freshman to ever play college basketball or one of in Carmelo Anthony. Right. right? So I went with Ryan Archidiakono, and for a lot of the same reasons that you did, and I'll actually take a step back real quick and put a disclaimer on the rest of the, the team, is that they're all probably way too tall to be playing football. But <laughs> okay. outside okay. of that, outside of that, I think it's like you, you nailed the height and things like that. But right, okay. mine, I'm just going to tell you mine are way too big to be totally playing football. Totally fine, totally fine. But Ryan Archidiakono, he's clutch. That's what you need in a good quarterback. 
He's been there forever. You want longevity out of your quarterbacks, mm-hmm. right? Tom Brady's 40 years old. Peyton Manning played forever. Drew Brees, 40 years old. You need longevity, right? So Ryan Archie Diacono, and there's another Archie Diacono. Everyone loves siblings, right? Right. The Mannings. The Mannings. Right. Right. And so I, I went with Ryan Archie Diacono. Clutch, been there forever. Let's not sleep on the great name also. He's got an awesome name. You can call it Arch Diacono, Archie Diacono. It's just great to say out loud. Ryan. <laughs> yeah. It's just great to say out loud when he tosses a 70-yard seed, right, over the middle. Do so, you know Do you know what Ryan Archie Diacono's nickname is? First off, he's 6'3", so he's prime quarterback size. Yeah. You know, you said other than that. But do you know what – I'm literally looking here at his page on Wikipedia. You know what his nickname is? I mean, the big ragu is taken by DiVincenzo. So what's his? The Arch of Dimes. That's good. That's actually a pretty sweet. So, so that and that fits perfectly into your narrative. There, he's throwing seventy-yard su- dimes, yeah. Dilford, Dilford dimes down the field. It sucks that such a sweet nickname was actually wasted on like a very, <laughs> very average NBA player, less than <laughs> average. But Ryan Archie Diacono, clutch. He's been there forever. Awesome name, but also he's the Final Four MOP. Yeah, right? McNamara didn't win that. I don't mm-hmm. think when, when mm-hmm. they won a title. So he's actually really good, right? So give me a guy who can get the individual award done. He's got the, he's got the uh, championship pedigree as well, and he's got the longevity. I think those are the three biggest things that you need as, as, a, as a quarterback. So give me Ryan Archidiakono under center. Let's stay on the offensive side behind Archidiakono, picking up his blocks, running back. And I think you'll really like this. Okay, I'm ready. Giddy Potts. Wow. Wow. Yes, I love that. A lot of people will remember Giddy Potts from that Middle Tennessee State team that completely shocked number two overall seed Michigan State with Denzel Valentine in the tournament. It was a 15 over two, probably the last huge upset that we've seen. Well, actually, no, that's a lie. Uh, UMBC over over Virginia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But. Middle Tennessee State over uh, Michigan State. Giddy Potts was the point guard. And the reason he's at running back is pretty much the same reasons why you had Ty Lawson there. Short, compact, very stout, huge. And he get, but he gets it done in big-time moments as an underdog. A lot of the running backs in the NFL, they come from, like, nowhere. I mean, don't, don't talk about Melvin Gordon and, and Ezekiel Elliott. You got a guy like Austin Eckler. I don't know where the hell he went to school. <laughs> right. a lot, like, do you remember when Alex Collins on the Ravens had a couple good years? I mean, mm-hmm. he went to Arkansas, uh, but no one yeah. really knew Last about year, him. right. Yeah. I think he got like a DUI or something after yeah, that. Yeah, right, 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 right. But yeah, yeah. regardless, Giddy Potts, I mean, I, I actually think you could make a case that the next really good running back could very well come out of Middle Tennessee State. Who knows? So, oh, yeah. I mean, he comes from a no-name school. He's He's big in the clutch, and – He's just got the perfect body for a running back. And he's literally he, – go ahead. Go, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. He's literally got the same measurables as Adrian Pearson. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, he's a decent running back, right? Yeah, right, right. Exactly. Not a, not a good father, but he's a good running back. So, <laughs> And so here's the other thing that makes Giddy Potts perfect. He was a flash in the pan. Middle Tennessee State, flash in the pan. That's what running backs are. Mm-hmm. Running backs have a shelf life of what, like seven years? Oh, and- <laughs> Those if are the that. best ones in the league. Yeah, yeah, right. If that. So 
I wouldn't I wouldn't draft him in the NBA. Basically, I wouldn't I wouldn't pay the guy for, uh, for running back money, right? So he's got literally all of the components that we talk about when we talk about running backs in in the NFL, and that's short, compact, stout. He's he's a no name from a no name school. Flash in the pan, right? Mm-hmm. So you, you knew about him for a little I, bit. I love that point. Yep. It's over. Like, so that's, that, I got Giddy Potts there as my running back. I love that. That's it. Yeah. I love that pick. Love and it. I just, I just fucking love Giddy Potts, man. Right. No, he I, might I, be, I, he might be one of my favorite college basketball players over the past like 10 years. I mean, I, I can't disagree with that. Just the name, too. I mean, could you imagine? Actually, that's a, your, your name's a great, your team is great so far because I would buy either of these jerseys. Mm-hmm. If I was a fan of your team so far, I like the I like the quarterback and running back thus far. Now, who's Arch going to throw to? He's going to he's going to throw, and this is where actually the players just get too big in terms of height. He's going to throw to Hakeem Warwick. Wow, so, I almost picked Hakeem. <laughs> That's dude. Great. We think we're the same wavelength, baby. Wow. Same wavelength. So the first thing that came to mind, and I think this is Hakeem Warwick's signature play in his entire career. One of the best plays, actually, in NCAA tournament history is when he closed out on a corner three against Kansas in the national title game and blocked the shot, uh, securing a national championship and Bayheim's lone, I'm going to stress that, lone no. national title at Syracuse. But Hakeem Warwick, I'm putting at the wide receiver spot because, like, your wide receiver, like Jamal Franklin, reminds me a lot of Randy Moss. Mm-hmm. Long, athletic, skinny as a rail, but based on that, on his wingspan, based on that one play getting out there, he's going to moss everyone. He is going to jump up, grab the ball over every DB. Uh, I don't want him running over the middle because if he gets one, takes one hit from like Jonathan he's Abram, dead. he's going to be complete bones. So Hakeem Warwick, long, crazy wingspan, can jump up and get the ball. So I got him out wide. No, I think that's you know, yeah, I'm not you know not bringing up the fact that he's six nine, of course, because we'll just leave that aside. But the, the concept, the concept remains, and this is actually a good time, if I may, to throw in here that this is doing this exercise, and I hope any of our listeners will go back through some of their favorite uh, football players and compare them to basketball players, because this the size discrepancy of how big and or how tall NBA players versus how tall NFL players is, uh, is amazing. Because we think of Julio Jones is the best example of this. Julio Jones is like the most athletic freak wide receiver in the NFL right now, right? I, I mean, whatever. Yeah. He's right in there, right? He's 6'3", 220 pounds, right? Just a freak. And he, he looks huge on the field. He being towers over yeah. cornerbacks. That's how big, like, T.J. McConnell is. Like, Steve Nash is taller than, is bigger, is t- taller and bigger than Julio Jones. But you, you ask anyone, and I actually asked my girlfriend, Danielle, this, like, you know, like, name a short NBA player. She's a Phoenix person, so she's like, well, Steve Nash. Okay. Like, yeah, Steve Nash is actually bigger than a lot of By these. like, NBA players. standards, yeah. But. Yeah, right. A lot of the players on the, on the NFL teams, out wide, all the skill position players are, like, all smaller than frail small, it's like Steve Nash. So that's a good, it's a crazy thing to think about when you make a list like this. Well, so when I was making this list, I knew that these guys were going to be way too tall for their sure. to play football. So I Googled like 
what are some or who are some of the tallest players at their position and nearly every position maxed maxed out at like six eight <laughs> like six seven yeah That's right. the tallest player at that position meanwhile we right. got Yao Ming celebrating his 39th birthday today which is absurd, absurd by the way I, I can't believe he's he's 39 but what was he seven three seven six Yao was seven six yeah seven six Christ almighty actually <laughs> take take it back a little bit for, or further uh, I was gonna say Kenny George in my intro. Uh, Kenny George subscribes. Tallest basketball. I think he was seven seven. Tallest right. college basketball player ever. Only reason I was gonna say Kenny George is because I got down a rabbit hole. I've been watching Righteous Gemstones on HBO, and <laughs> the wife of Danny McBride, in real life, the mm-hmm. actress who plays her, went to high school right around the block uh, from where I live. And so I was like, okay, uh, I, let me check this out. And then I saw some notable alums on the Wikipedia page, and Kenny George was there. Can you put, like, when you tweet out this episode of the podcast, can you make, a, like, a, like, a map of where your, this rabbit hole went for us, maybe just as a, a chart to help us through the mind of Supermani in there on how you got to yeah. Kenny George? Okay. It's a sick, sick, sickening mind. Yeah. But, yeah, we got, I think we got Gafai, Kenny George, <laughs> the wife in Righteous Gemstones, uh, who who did you say? Like <laughs> Giddy Potts is in here somewhere. Uh, right. Uh, John Mayer was playing in the background. John, this is a gumbo. On. It's a complete gumbo right now. <laughs> all right. So, so all right. You've got you got R.C. Diakono. You got R.C. Diakono. You've got Giddy Potts. You've got Hakeem Warren. Yep. Let's go to the defensive side of the ball real quick. Middle linebacker. Again, he's probably too tall to play middle linebacker, but I'm going with Joey Dorsey. Because the middle linebacker spot is the spot that, like, those guys try and play basketball during pickup, and they're just huge and bullies. And you just, like, you're like, dude, don't, don't go so ham. Like, don't go so crazy that you probably, right. like, fracture a, a bone right? in, <laughs> in my body. There was a video last year around playoff time, or maybe it was before playoff time, NFL. Khalil Mack had on a Bulls jersey, and he was taking jumpers in his apartment and he looked like the quintessential football player that wants to play basketball. And it's right. those guys, like they have just these huge balled up calves. They don't wear quarter high socks, half lengths. They wear like ankle socks. This is Joey Dorsey to a T because Joey Dorsey before Dwight Howard became famous, I feel like, or during the time he was famous, Joey Dorsey was, I think in competition with Dwight for like biggest shoulders. I oh, swear yeah. to God. Yeah, Joey Dorsey had he would he looked like he would completely fuck you up, and so oh, Joey Dorsey 100%. is the one guy I don't want going across the middle against. Uh, just an absolute monster, and he he was he was really good for those Memphis teams because they had skill players, obviously like Derrick Rose right. and Antonio Anderson, but he didn't belong on a basketball court. No. Like him and him and Pierre Henderson Niles, I think it was both of them. <laughs> Pierre Henderson Niles actually shit. He could be he could come off the bench for me on this team, but Joey Dorsey was just such a menacingly cr- crazy looking dude. Am I allowed to make a North Pole High School Joey Dorsey reference? He's from Alaska. No, 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 he's not. I'm just doing. If you're allowed to do six degrees of separation oh, yeah. to the, your hometown, I'm going to do one. Yeah. So the greatest basketball player from the Fairbanks, Alaska region went to North Pole High School. His name is Brad Olson. One of the best uh, Euro basketball players of the last decade, or at least uh, maybe not one of the best, but one of the he, he had a long career. 
in the Euro League. He played for Caja Laboral in 2011 and Joey, a teammate of Joey Dorsey's in 2011 on, wow. in the Spanish ACB. There, you, there's mine. You might actually need to hit up Brad and be like, tell Joey to actually subscribe because I don't think any of the guys that I talk about actually subscribe. Can you give me 30 more seconds for this reference? Yeah. This is the roster that Joey Dorsey played with and our boy, one of our buddies, Brad Olson, played with at Caja Laborel in 2011. Ready for this? Mirza Toledovic, oh Thomas, Thomas Hurdle, Nemanja Bahika, whatever the guy who plays for the, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, Pablo Prigioni, uh, Kevin Serafin, Andres Nelcioni, Reggie Williams, Joey Dorsey, Goran Dragic, all on this one EuroLeague team. That's a damn good team. How did Joey Dorsey make that team? He, was only on the, he only played seven games that year. But, I mean, that's a damn good team, though. Yeah, yeah. And... Uh, Brad Olson started was one of the only three players on the team that started every game. So yeah. there you go. That's so, that's the shout out to North Pole High School legend, uh, an Alaska basketball legend. You're a good legend. Fr- good friend of Joey Dorsey, Brad Olson. Joey Dorsey. Last thing I'll say on him is he's the guy that would get so much more excited about the weight weight training program and like weightlifting <laughs> during practice, and then when it's time to actually execute plays on the court or just do a layup line or like box out drills. He's like, mm-hmm. fuck this. <laughs> like, I, think, like I would pump iron. That's about it. I think that you, the, the benefit of having someone like Joey Dorsey on your defense is he's versatile. Mm-hmm. You could play him outside. You could play him on the line or you have him for his mentality reasons. You have him at middle linebacker, but you theoretically could have put him as a defensive end or an off or an outside linebacker as well. So I love a good versatile defender to anchor your defense around. I just needed a huge motherfucker patrolling the, the middle there, and that's what Joey Dorsey is. Last but not least, who's protecting my guys? Who's protecting Archie Diakono? Who's blocking for him? Who's blocking uh, for Giddy Potts? It's not other than Xavier's Matt Stainbrook. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Matt Stainbrook is anchoring my offensive line. Here's my criteria. He's huge, right? Yes. Reminds me of a Jonathan Ogden type of player. Trent mm-hmm. Williams, right? Or, uh, yeah, Trent Williams. Yeah. I'm thinking also of uh, who's the guy on the Raiders? Trent uh, something. Uh, Brown. Trent Brown, also. Well, yes. Former New England Patriot, Trent Brown. Yeah. Forgot. Thank you. <laughs> so I'm going Stainbrook there because he's just, he's a tower, uh, number one. Number two, he's got a little bit of a belly. Even at mm-hmm. Xavier, when he was playing with an extra undershirt, which, you know, big guy like me, I know that adds a layer in the, in the visual department. <laughs> but, Matt Stainbrook would always have like a little bit of a stomach uh, going up and down the basketball court. Every good offensive line, pretty much every, every offensive lineman has a belly. Right? Mm-hmm. After every play, they're like adjusting their shirt. And that's what Matt Stainbrook would do after he would carry Xavier up and down the court. He'd make a layup, shirt, get a little untucked. And, you know, he, the belly's a little exposed. He'd have to, he'd have to adjust it. So Stainbrook's big, has a belly. He also has a disgustingly gross beard. Every he, good offensive lineman has a gross beard. I'm looking at pictures of him as from when he went in as a freshman, and it's just, it's yeah, it's it's not good. It's he <laughs> yeah. looks he looks like he was a 1978 like Pittsburgh Steelers offensive lineman, like just grimy, yeah. dirty. He's disgusting. Lineman. 
So can you tell me what is Matt Stainbrook known more for his basketball or doing this blank while he was a basketball player? Oh, Uber driver. I, I have that yes. coming up. I, I oh, have that oh coming excuse up. me. No, Sir, definitely, me. definitely, definitely basketball player. He was a, he was a good college basketball player. He was never going to be anything more than that, but he was, they played Arizona in the sweet 16 and that game was kind of close because of Matt Stainbrook. Yes. Right. So Matt Stainbrook, but yeah, gross beard. Every offensive lineman has a, has a disgusting beard. I don't know why, but I'm thinking of Mitchell Schwartz. He's got a gross beard. Uh, even Jeff Schwartz when he was playing. I'm just yeah. thinking of the Schwartz brothers. But gross beard, <laughs> uh, Matt Stanbrook has that. And then here's, here's the other thing. You had mentioned it, the Uber driving. This just means he's an everyday man, right? He's not, he's not a wide receiver like Antonio Brown and Odell wearing a watch. He's, he's not flashy like that. He's not the pretty boy Jimmy Garoppolo taking mm-hmm. snaps in the, in the backfield, right? He's not, he's not funny uh, Jonathan Abram on, on hard knocks, not knowing how to pronounce salmon versus salmon. <laughs> he's the everyday man, salt of the earth, grind it out. I need a second job type of guy. That's Matt Stanbrook with the Uber driving. So he, he fits in perfectly with the grunts of the offensive line. And then lastly, he played basketball in football crazed Ohio. Yeah, Although right. Cincinnati is like way closer to Kentucky than it, I mean, it's technically in Ohio. Sure, uh, sure. He played in Ohio. So that's my criteria. Matt Stanbrook anchoring the offensive line out wide is Hakeem Warwick. Taking snaps is Ryan Archidiacono. Running back is Giddy Potts. And then my defense just comes down to Joey Dorsey. Yeah. I, like I, think, I think that team goes 5 and 11 in the NFL. <laughs> Which 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 conference which conference of college football is that team making it in? Yeah, if we go college football, um, I mean, Stanbrook is gotta, so it's, absurd. It's got to be it's got to be Big Ten just because of Stanbrook, right? Like, yeah, I mean, and yeah, I, this is a Big Ten team. Like Giddy Potts <laughs> seems like a guy that would play tailback at Wisconsin. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Melvin Gordon is, is instantly who I just thought of. Yeah, or like right. yeah. Uh, and actually, actually, Stainbrook is such a Wisconsin offense, Iowa, Wisconsin Iowa, offense yeah. lineman. Yeah, all right, Joey, gotta have, gotta have. Joey Dorsey's the, playing at Michigan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta have like the the religious white quarterback that's very Midwest, very Big Ten. Yeah, he's not going to do anything in the pros. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's uh, yeah. No, I I think that's perfect. He's every Iowa or Wisconsin quarterback of of all time. Pretty beautiful. So those are our 10. Those are our starting five right there. Uh, We'll move on now to discuss some actual college basketball news. Actually, this is just NCAA athletic news. Yeah, sure. For the most part. But California, they are proposing a bill to Governor Gavin Newsom that will allow players to profit off their likeness. This is a topic that has just been beaten to death. We've heard about it ad nauseum. Uh, what, what whatever side you're on, right? You can be on the Jay Billis side, which is every single time someone gets like an additional chair to their locker room, he's like, "Oh my God, we don't have the money." Or you can be on the Dan Dockage, Doug Gottlieb side, which is, uh, I don't think you understand that these players need the the universities more than than you think. So the, it's called the Fair Pay to Play Act, and I saw that some of the senators are. It's it's been voted like thirty nine to nothing. 
It still needs yeah, to no, be it's it. It's in all. All they need is a signature at this point. From now. from news, yeah, give or take, yeah, right. That's all they need. And again, uh, it, the crux of it is it will allow players to profit off their likeness. The reason we're bringing this up, we brought it up a couple episodes ago, but that was just, uh, you know, basically discussing it. I don't think it had come this far. It seems like we're on the verge, though, of it happening, Taylor. Well, so I think I'm not sure. I'd have to go back and listen to my take on it. Uh, about two or three, two or three months ago, maybe when it first came up, because obviously we've had in that amount of time, you learn more about uh, what this bill really entails and what it's going to mean to the schools and what it's going to mean to the players and the NCAA and so on. So a good thing to remember is that this bill wouldn't even take effect until 2023. Mm-hmm. So there would be a, a, a more than enough time for the even slow, slow moving NCAA to figure out a happy medium in um, or happy medium, excuse me, of how to uh, make this work, because it could give the opportunity for the uh, California schools to secede, so to speak, from the NCAA. And if you could profit from your likeness and play for a school like USC, because USC, USC and UCLA specifically, and maybe Stanford, I'm not sure if I would even count Cal into this, but Stanford, USC, and UCLA are not going to lose any notoriety because of this. Right. Their their USC is always going to be one of the five or ten, five most historical football uh, schools in the country, right. whether they're uh, part of the NCAA or not. UCLA is always going to be the most historically significant basketball school in the country, whether they are a part of the NCAA or not. And Stanford's always going to be Stanford from an academic standpoint and how that relates to athletics and who they get to come through there and whatever it's, it's all that those schools are going to stay the same. I don't think Cal is held in that high regard by nationally. And even though that, you know, up until maybe five years ago, they were regarded as the you know public Harvard or whatever, you know, I know they've had a lot of financial issues, both in their academic department, especially their athletic department uh, over the last decade that have kind of uh, tainted that thought. So those schools aren't going to lose anything from this. I would maybe, I would maybe think that like, oh, the San Diego states of the world, the Fresno states of the world would maybe suffer in a way in the sense that like, well, if I'm going to go play for a school the size of Fresno State or the size of San Diego State, but I don't have the opportunity to, to play for anything, you know, because I know I'm going to get my ass kicked by USC every single year in this particular situation, then why am I going to do this? Because I don't think going to a school like San Diego state or Fresno state, like, even if you get the opportunity to profit of your likeness, off your likeness, how much money are you going to make as the San Diego state starting running back? Right. Or, or, you know, whatever, six guy, six man off the bench. I mean, you might give you the opportunity to do like some local car wash commercials, Right, which is uh, which is what they gives you the opportunity. Which could be, I mean, do. that could be enough for the players. Well, right? yeah, and yeah, sure, yeah, yeah, right, sure, and that's just it's but it's not be enough a, to sway. It's not going to sway like yeah. the whole world is all of a sudden going to start coming to San Diego State so they can like make money off of what you know Sea World, you know, using them in in ad, advertisements, right, or advertisements. But it could sway high level recruits to teams like USC. And UCLA, if you say, hey, especially if the NCAA allows this to happen, because that's the other key thing here, is if you don't have to pick, if you're picking between Texas and USC, 
and I'm the face. I could be the face of a top five school where I'm allowed to profit off my likeness versus a face of a top five school where I'm not allowed to profit off it. That could be a major impact here. If I'm the quarterback of USC, I'm going to be in the LA Times in some advertisement every single day. I'm going to be on KTLA in some commercial every single day. I'm going to be billboards in Manhattan Beach, and you're going to see me every day while you sit for three and a half hours on the 405 heading into work. I mean, you are going to 1,000% profit off your likeness. So I think for high-level recruits, it's a big deal. For everybody else, I don't think it matters. You know, Bomani Jones brought this up today on um, whatever the hell their show is called. Uh, you know, he said – Hi, dude. What? Yeah, thank you. you. You know, like what are the water polo do, guys going to do at USC? Teach kids how to swim and, you know, you're allowed to make money off that? Well, where are you even going to come up with the time to be able to profit off your likeness? Because college athletics – college a- academics takes – a shit ton of your time, let alone college athletics at a high level on top of that. So where are you even going to come up with the time for that? So I guess rounding this all into one uh, overarching statement is I think that it's a good thing. And I think that the NCAA should uh, allow this. And I think this should maybe even become a nationwide thing because it, in a way it takes some of the onus off the NCAA, and I think that's how they should approach this, is you now don't, the NCAA doesn't have to worry about ineligibilities or paying players or how the schools are going to figure out how to pay players and how they come up with that uh, legally or who's school, whatever. It gives the players the free market or the free market gives the players the ability to, mark, to, to make money off themselves. Not It's taking the onus off the schools and the NCAA and figuring out how to pay players. Then it's not even com- it's not coming out of the school's pocket. It's not coming out of the NCAA pocket. And I'm sure there will be issues just like anything with like, really? So this car company paid this guy a million dollars to be in one commercial and now he's going to USC. I'm sure there will be those issues. But right. what I would say is like, let's get it all going and then figure out how to deal with those issues on the back end rather than um, you just not do it at all. Yeah, I think we're in agreement in terms of this being a good thing. Obviously, we've been discussing this. If you know us, if you know me personally, you know that I believe that they shouldn't necessarily be paid, but they should be able to profit off their own likeness. That There's a difference there. I'm not advocating for Zion Williamson. I'm not advocating for a guy like Jackson Hayes or, or anyone coming in to get a salary. I'm right. saying that if you're wearing a fucking Zion Williamson jersey around campus, if you buy that at the bookstore – the man should get a cut. He absolutely should. Uh, so that's, I think we're in agreement that that's obviously a good thing. What the two things that, that get me the most first and foremost is that the NCAA is basically just saying, you know what, this is going to be our solution. We're going to ban all of, all of California schools from competition. Like get rid of USC, get rid of UCLA, screw Stanford, screw Cal, right? All this. It's just, it's, it's just such an absolute way of thinking, right? It, you know what? Okay, if you want to introduce this, then they're not allowed to, to participate, which is just ridiculous, right? Think about the amount of lost revenue that, that they would get, especially you're, you're, in a state like California. You're taking from maybe college athletics, most important, arguably most important state across the board. But yeah, exactly. continue on. Right. Exactly. So that, that's, that kind of got me first and foremost. But the worries and the apprehension and the fear that 
this is going to stack the deck for, let's say, a California team. And this, let's just use UCLA or USC. Uh, let's use UCLA in basketball. Uh, is this not already happening? Cal Perry stacks the deck as it is. Kentucky gets the best players every single year. If it's not him, Duke gets the best players every single year. Yeah, right. Right? Like, it's not as if, you know, this hasn't already been happening in terms of competitive balance. And I think I made the point a couple episodes ago, but even if a team has, again, in, in college athletics, even if a team has the best roster, it doesn't mean that they're going to win. Clemson, right. Alabama, sure. They've been going back and forth uh, for the past four years, but is anyone going to argue that's been bad for college football? Right. Unlike the Cavs and the Warriors, everyone is down to have Clemson, Bama, part million. Right. I think, I think they're open for that because at least there's another – Like it's not just one team steamrolling everyone. Bama right. does some steamrolling. Oklahoma, even if, if they catch a break in the Final Four – or the college football playoff could do it. But the point that I'm making is these, these worries about competitive balance are such bullshit and they're so bogus and it doesn't even equate to winning and national championships. Okay. You look at a team like Virginia, you look at UMBC literally beating the the eventual national champions in a sport like college basketball. And again, look at some of these teams that already stack the deck that already get, I mean, coach K had, three or four top 10 players in one recruiting class. Like, come on guys, this isn't, this isn't anything new and you're right. It might tip the deck, but that's, that's a small price to pay for uh, these players fairly earning what, what they deserve in my opinion. Well, I think you're really, and like I said, I think you're really looking at maybe, maybe a dozen yeah. recruits a year that this would maybe really tempt to do if 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 the recruiters at other schools were smart enough to put together say hey so yeah you're gonna go there your fresh freshman year you're gonna get redshirted you're not gonna make any money and then you're gonna be a freshman behind uh the heisman trophy candidate for the next two years behind that your opportunity really is to only make money on one year whereas you can come to my school and you can start from day one and then you can build your brand so big that you're going to be able to profit off that even more in the end. So it's all about any type of investment, which is what, in a way, college is an investment in your future. It, yeah. You know, and so it's the, the opportunity to uh, do with that what you may is, is there for every co- – it would give – excuse me. It would give every college kid the opportunity to do whatever you want with it. So do I think that going and playing for Alabama and winning a national championship every year and being the face of that program is more important than going seven and six at USC, but being the face of it, you know, I mean, there's like getting paid. Yeah. Right. There's definitely going to be some, some feeling. Pros out. And cons. Yeah. There's right. pros and, and, cons and, and I think people have such a short sighted view of things like, Oh, what, what if this doesn't work year one? Well, nothing works year one. You know, you have to look at these things over across like a decade to see if it panned out and worked fine. Everybody was so scared of the college football playoff at first. Everybody was so scared of the BCS at first, whatever. The college football playoff has turned out to be awesome and like raging success. Not perfect, but I don't think thus far, in my opinion, I would look back and see that the right four teams weren't there. I don't want yeah. to hear about I don't want to hear about Georgia last year. Like, don't lose twice like the same team. Yeah, you know, no, you, you know, right. So I would say that yeah, given the fact that we're at year six already of the college football playoffs, mate, is yeah, five or six, right? Right. 
I think we say, man, what an overwhelming success. So you look and say, okay, this goes into play. You've got four years to figure it out. Not next year, not, not two years. You've got four years yeah. to figure out how to make this work. And if you can't figure that out in four years, then, then you're probably the NCA. The NCA is probably yeah. the only organization or, that can figure that. Or you're purposely torpedoing this probably. So here, here's what I say, would say as a West Coast person. We are alumni of a conference that has fallen behind in every single category. That's in putting the, it nicely. Pac-12 in, fucking sucks. In the, sport, in the sports that we care about. In the sports we don't care about, we're sure. still like the preeminent sure. conference for like every other like track and field, softball, whatever. Office all that. of champions, Bill Walton. All the, all the sports that don't make any money. If I'm the Pac-12, and if I was literally somewhat in, a smarter person than Larry Scott, which I actually truly believe that I am personally, Taylor Namel, a smarter person than Larry Scott, I say, you know what, fuck it. Let's just do the whole conference. Yeah. Let's make our conference the one that All blazes the, the trail of well, because it's not necessarily a states' rights thing, is it? I, that would actually require some more research on my part. I, mean, I figured it would have since California has to go through these, I mean, through this process. Right, but I don't. I mean, I I, I would have to look into more as to why that is as it is. Mm. So I I might be. I see what you're saying. Though. I might be naive in that in that regard, but so I would say, yeah, why not? Let's just do the whole conference. Let's now, let's shift. Because it would be one thing if it's only one state. But if you've got 12 power schools that you can go to, you can't, you may, might be able to out-recruit one or two schools in, given that, that competitive balance. But if I can keep all of my West Coast talent somewhere on the West Coast, because there's so many California players that go to play at Texas and Texas A&M oh, yeah. and Michigan and Wisconsin and you know, the best player in physics. Arizona the, players, too. The, the number, yeah, the number one recruit in the country, Spencer Rattler, Rattler. was a quarterback that played at, for football, yeah, that played at Pinnacle High School in Phoenix, Arizona. And he went to Oklahoma, just like every other good recruit. So if you could say, yo, Spencer, dog, you're, gonna, you're, already, you're already a legend in the Phoenix market. Chill right here at ASU. You know, be the face of, uh, of whatever, Carvana right here in Tempe. Be, be the face of uh, Freeport McMoran over there in Scottsdale. You know, be, we can give you all these opportunities. You could have, you could be a legend in your own town and make money off it and play for the hometown school that you would, in a lot of ways, have probably been rooting for since, like, in your school. whole life. Yeah. Or you're the contrarian. You go, you know what? I'm going to go to U of A and I'm going to be marketed back in Phoenix by all these companies. Whatever. There's so many ways that you can do this. So I think, I know this is not going to happen, I obviously, because Larry Scott's an yeah. idiot. Yeah. Right. But you think, like, wh- why are we looking at this as, you know, everybody's looking at it as why they shouldn't do this. I wish that we w- were in a progressive conference that said, why, why wouldn't we do this? You know, this is an, uh, a, an unreal opportunity. And the, the onus isn't even on us. It's, and it takes the onus off the schools. It just says, hey. Do it if you want to make some money off doing commercials. Do it. It takes it takes all the stress out of trying to figure out how much each player is worth, because you let the free market decide that, and that's yeah. In a way, right. there's nothing more American than letting the free market decide what something's worth, because that's why we're all here. In how it is capitalist yeah, right. society, but it's it's right. crazy. I will say the progression has been pretty impressive and incredible. Because if you just look at ten years ago when we were freshman sophomore in college, having this conversation about 
a playoff system. Having conversation about paying players was all just a pipe dream, mm-hmm. right? We were still voting on who national champions were in, in 2008, yeah. 2009. Right. Right. So, I will credit the progression, but it's probably not a lot due to Pac-12 and Larry Scott because, yes, this is this is the time to completely shit on him. But I will digress at that point. But let's – I mean, Gov- it's now up to Governor Gavin Newsom of California. He has 73 days to either pass it or reject it. That is going to be something that's going to be uh, – something to certainly keep an eye on. But you're right. It doesn't impact or, or take effect until 2023 should be fun to fun to watch though yeah definitely definitely all right let's round this out do you have any hugs t um i guess my hug <laughs> is going to be and i i, I don't want to be overly arizona centric but i'm going that's to too be. late man i think you i think you we've we've completely that ship has sailed well i try not to be but you know it is what we <laughs> care it, it is what we care about most and so right. it's hard to so my hug is going to be to Dick Vitale. Oh, God. I, you don't even have to specify what type of hug that is. It is, uh, I feel bad for you, you geriatric dick type of hug. It's like, it's like going to uh, the nursing home and like just being nice to people just because you're there, right? Dick Vitale will not let this uh, FBI thing die. He's tweeting out articles and stories that were deemed inaccurate years ago because we're now in year two, almost three of this thing. He tweeted out a story yesterday about Arizona assistant coach Book Richardson and how a high school coach said he paid someone to make a player academically eligible, whatever. Well, that, the, what he's citing and what – and I guess my hug should also be to like the Yahoo and the – and the yeah, ESPN. I was going to say Dan O'Neill, like, Dan Wetzel, Forty, all those guys can get it too. Slave like off. it's it's over. It, it's all it, it's over. Like there's nothing more to come of this. Everything that you think you're finding now has already been discussed in like open court. It's already been deemed inaccurate. It's already been you know there's like there's it's over. It it's gone. You know. Think, and so my hug would be to to Dick Vitale exclusively because. All those other people, I think, have the wherewithal to understand. So they're just dickheads. They're just looking for clickbait. And I get, I mean, I guess that's their job. So I get it. Dick Vitale really, he's lost at this point and doesn't really have any idea of what's going on. Not as even it relates to the school that we went to, but just we've known this for a while. But I, I, he just can't let a sleeping dog lie. He's just beating the shit out of a dead horse over and over again. And it's almost, it's like Antonio Brown now at this point. Like, we've got past the point where, like, you could argue with him or, like, where it's, like, entertaining. You almost are just starting to feel bad for the guy because, like, there's something wrong with this person now because we've already been through this a thousand times at yeah. this point. Well, I'm just getting – it's funny you mentioned Antonio Brown. I'm just getting Antonio Brown fatigue. I'm getting fatigue over this yeah. college basketball thing. And I think right. this is actually worse because when it first broke two years ago, like you had said, Sports Center and every single college basketball insider was saying, oh, it's – it's going to be a bombshell. It's going to completely shatter the bedrock of college basketball. And I think because it hasn't even come close to a tremor that these college basketball writers are holding on for dear life. Like, no, no, no. There's still a chance that this is going to completely torpedo the entire system. It's going to completely screw all these big coaches, all these big programs. And it's like, dude, 
nothing is happening. You whiffed like it's, crazy. It, just move on. And you know well, what? Nobody cares. If like, I don't care if Bill Self's paying players. I don't care if Coach K's play, paying players. I don't care about any of that shit. Just I'm so tired of it, man. I'm so tired of the fall. Either Here's my thing. Either completely hammer these teams or just let it go. Oh, and they're the right up. now. They're right now in the middle. Like, oh, here's a little scrap of what I found. Like, I, I uncovered this little pebble. Like, well, I'm done and, with it. And I'm gonna go anti Duke for a second, if I may. How about the story this last two weeks ago was how someone Nike paid uh, Zion to to go to Duke, right? And the school did an internal estimate esti- investigation and said. Nah, all good. And ESPN and everybody was like, ah, oh, no, nah. Duke said it was good. <laughs> like, there, we're fine. Like, no big deal. You know, like, well, no shit. Yeah, like, you know what? I stole this car, but I did an internal investigation and I actually, uh, I was just borrowing it, you know. So, like, we're all good. We don't need to do anything about it. Like, yeah, just... you, can't, you can't internally investigate in, like, you did pu- not punish yourself and think of that as, like, a thorough oh, investigation. But, so but you I could do say, that. It's just not thorough. Like, right. It's a conflict of interest, clear. Well, and the other reason why people don't give a shit is because the last topic we just talked about. In that two-year span of this FBI thing happened, this entire California bill has, has, ha- come, yes. has come to fruition. Almost come to fruition, where it's like, oh, so why are we getting mad at these schools? Literally an entire state is putting for a similar type of, of payment structure. So why should we punish these schools over something that literally the most populous state in the union is pushing to legalize and will do so in the next two months? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to tweet at the Dan O'Neills, the Vitels, the Schlebos, the Pat Forties, the Wetzels. I'm going to tweet at them and I'm going to be like, look, guys, I get your plight. It's the off season. We're looking for <laughs> shit to cut. We need some sort of content. May I present to you the starting five? Like, do you want to <laughs> give me your starting five? Because yeah. that, that's a lot more of constructive time. It's it's just a lot better use of your time. Hell, than, make it a make it a this make it a starting five of schools you think should be punished. At least at least like give me a different format. In other than it's literally the same three stock pictures of the same three people you with know the what? same article, arting the same. Yeah, okay, you should. I'll, I'll have to reach out to them because I'm. It's just. It's nauseating, man. You're right. Like, come up with something, just a different angle. Because, hey, man, I, I'm here, too. I'm struggling. I'm clawing with my fingernails trying to find content. Right. I get it. Uh, maybe we're not so different, you and I, me and Dan O'Neill. God, All right, maybe, maybe you should just give to your, your hug to yourself for that. On that. What do you, got no. a, you, got, you got a hug for us there, Sue? I do, yeah. So I'm going to actually give a hug to... Uh, not, not much happened in the college basketball world here since the last time we recorded. So I'm going to give a hug actually to Patrick Doyle and Corey Boney. Patrick and Corey, two of our biggest listeners, biggest fans. Uh, obviously want to thank them for that. But they just launched a new podcast. It's called Almost Football Commentators. Go listen. Go subscribe. It's on Spotify, iTunes. Again, it's called Almost Football Commentators. It is uh, obviously the acronym is AFC. And it's interesting because they only talk about AFC football. <laughs> That's it. Do not honestly, cover the NFC. Honestly, uh, I would listen to them talk about pretty much anything. Well, I think most recently they covered the Nuck Hopkins uh, suplex tackle. Uh, here's so I, a question. I get, that's an, an interesting opinion. Here's a question. How much of their time is going to be related to specifically the AFC North? 
a lot. Yeah, probably. <laughs> so it almost just be the almost football commentators north. Uh, well, here's the thing. If well, so Corey's Corey's a Broncos fan, so okay. maybe the okay. West will get some love. But yeah, okay. here's the thing. If the Browns if the Browns lose on Monday to Trevor Simeon. I might just bury them already. Not like, yeah. oh, it's time to panic. They God, need to. They dumb. need to invite you on the podcast right away. Yeah. So, hug to Patrick and Corey. Go listen again. Almost football commentators. That's all we got here today. Uh, T, thank you again for joining. Right I'm going to go to Bavaria and get fucked up off beer schnitzel and what is it? Sausage. They got sausage there, right? Yeah, they got the sausage. Some schnitzel. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. do. Is that is that what schnitzel is? Yeah, Wiener's I'm just immersing yeah, myself. On. Yeah, come on, man. Get up. Yeah, have some Hefeweizens. Have the have you know, have some uh uh fuck what's my favorite German beer, uh Weiss Stefaner or something like that. Yeah. Get up, get after it. I'm excited to see as many pictures and snaps of you and later hosing as possible. And I hope for all our listenership that doesn't follow our personal Instagram accounts that just perhaps you could throw one up on the theater and college hoop Twitter account as well. Yeah. I'll see what I can do there. I think what I'm going to try and do is mimic this vacation to the plot of beer fest. I just want to be Barry Badgernath while I'm over there. I think my hair is long enough. Face is definitely there. So we'll get to go out in Germany. Can I end it on this soup? If I may, Yeah. where are you going? Munich. Nowhere near Berlin. No, that's good. That was, you set me up. I was better than my 69 joke last week. So you set me up. You set me up. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you next time.